is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 28th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. I'm going to finish off April here strong with another player evaluation as I'll talk a little bit about Bismack Biyombo and his season. Uh, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more globally about the Magic and their season from a statistical perspective, try and see if we can glean anything out of the way the Magic played this year and how uh, they can play moving forward. Uh, as, as you can expect after a 29-win season, the numbers do not look so good. But before we dive into that, I do want to give a shout-out to the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you are not getting around to the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, A, what are you waiting for? And B, thanks for listening to our podcast because I know I know we're the Orlando Magic. I know there's a lot of Magic fans out there. But a lot of people are also probably very curious about what's going on around the NBA. If you were like me and watched the two great games on Thursday night, you're probably wondering what is going on in Toronto Raptors land. Well, Locked On Raptors is here to give you the lowdown from the Raptors' perspective on their Game 6 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. If you're wondering, oh God, those, those Bucks, they played so hard to come back into that game. What is the feeling like in Milwaukee now that the season's over? Locked On Bucks is your place to go for that. Of course, you can say the same about the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Our good pal Jeff Garcia runs Locked On Spurs. You're look, if you're looking for a preview of Friday's action, you can check out Locked On Hawks, Locked On Wizards, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Clippers, Locked On Jazz. There is a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA, except for the Nets, I think, is the only one that, that we don't currently have a Locked On for. But if you want the lowdown from people who cover their teams every single day, especially now that it's playoff time, go to go to the Locked On podcast for the team that you are looking for. Just search iTunes or Audio Boom for the team. And of course, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Magic on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. We're going to keep going strong here as we continue our player evaluation series. The episodes might squeeze a little bit shorter um, as as we kind of start to dry up on, on some of the news that I want to hit um, and, t- and talk a little bit more about individual players. Uh, we've hit some big players this week. I am going to get to the smaller players uh, throughout, throughout the next coming weeks too. Uh, and then we'll dive right into draft stuff. I'll have some draft stuff as well uh, in the coming days as we're now three weeks away from the NBA Draft Lottery and two weeks away from the NBA Draft Combine. So some news should be coming very shortly on the Magic. Uh, with the first round ending, of course, we'll also have the GM search coming. So there's still plenty to get to uh, here on Locked on Magic. So be sure to subscribe every day and catch up on those episodes. Like I said, today we're going to take... Um, uh, 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 we're going to continue our player evaluations a little bit later on on the show, but we're going to first take a bit of a global view on the Orlando Magic and their season. It was not a season that uh, it, it, the season did not go 
the way the Magic had hoped, of course. The, the, the initial thought was, let's let's make this team a dominant defensive team. And, and on paper, it looked like they could be a dominant defensive team with the players that they had, with Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo as backstops defensively. And, and for about a quarter of the season, as, as I've said before, the Magic did that. They were sixth in the league in defensive rating through 21 games. And while their offense could score worth anything, average scoring less than a point per possession at the time, Magic were 9-12 and, and and had every reason to believe that they were making some strides and just needed to find some offense to get themselves going in the right direction. They were still on the periphery of the playoff race. Of course, that whole plan collapsed very quickly, and the numbers really showed it. From the, to- from the end of the season, from the end of that 21-game stretch, about the first quarter of the season, till the midway, till, you know, for the next month almost, until midpoint of the season even, Magic were one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and, and it just blew everyone's mind. No one could figure out what was wrong defensively other than to say, well, teams are spreading spreading the Magic out more. Uh, the perimeter defense was certainly not as strong as it needed to be for the Magic, uh, and the pieces just didn't fit. Uh, you know, there there is something to say that it, it is uh, in a player's psyche when you miss a lot of shots, your defensive effort wanes. When you're making shots, you tend to play a little bit better on the defensive end. That that is just psychology. I mean, this the, there are a lot of people tie their emotions to this game to the offensive end. It takes a lot of dis- discipline to play defense, and when the shots aren't falling, it's very tough to maintain that discipline. And frankly, it was a testament to the Magic that they were able to do so for the first quarter of the season. But once the, they started scoring a little bit more, not much more, the defense completely slipped. When you look at the Magic statistical profile. It does not paint a pretty picture. Uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, you can take a look. I, I drew up some charts to take a look at how the Magic ranked in various important statistical categories throughout the season. Before the All-Star break, the Magic had the second-worst offense in the league and the 22nd-ranked defense in the league. These numbers did not change. Essentially, the way the Magic played both before and after the All-Star break they played like the second-worst team in the league. For the season, Orlando finished with a 101.2 offensive rating and a 108.0 defensive rating. That's 29th in the league in offense and 24th in the league in defense. That comes out to a minus 6.8 net rating, 29th in the league. According to basketballreference.com's simple ratings system, the Magic had the statistical profile of a 24-win team. So as bad as this season was, statistically the Magic should have been much worse. Now, we know from watching the watching the season that there were perhaps some extenuating circumstances for that, that the Magic were probably about as good as they should have been. Um, the Magic suffered about a half dozen losses by more than 30 points, and that does weigh not heavily on your statistical profile, but that does drag your averages down. Having said all that, while we like to think that the Magic were slightly better after the All-Star break, there's really no statistical evidence that they were. After the All-Star break, the Magic had a 102.9 offensive rating, which was 26th in the league. So the offense did benefit. It wasn't a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but it did benefit. And a 109.9 defensive rating, 25th in the league. So the defense got fairly worse, about 2.5 points per 100 possessions worse after the All-Star break. The minus 7.1 net rating was worse, and they were still 29th in the league. So... When we're looking for positives here, we are looking for positives here. We're trying to say, okay, what did the Magic do that gives us hope that, 
you know, there's going to be some changes, obviously. Uh, our training camp's going to help kind of straighten the ship a little bit and give the Magic a sense of what their identity is. Um, there's going to be a new plan to make this work, so to speak. What can we draw from this to say, this is what the Magic will be next year? It is interesting to note that the Magic were 19th in pace before the All-Star break, but 9th in pace after the All-Star break. They averaged about 100.8 possessions per game, per 48 minutes. That does suggest the Magic did pick up that pace like they wanted to and began playing a much more free-flowing style. Whether they were efficient at it is another issue. Let's dive a little bit deeper. As some of you know, I, I am a little bit of a stat head, so let's talk about the four factors. That's effective field goal percentage, which is a measure of field goal percentage that includes the extra value of making a three-pointer. Let's start there. The Magic were a terrible shooting team, whether it was before or after the All-Star break. For the season, they shot 48.9% effective field goal percentage, 29th in the league. After the All-Star break, it was just 48.7. So the Magic were not a good shooting team. And that's going to be key because where they were successful does, after, especially after the All-Star break, does suggest that if they add some better shooting, they can be a better offensive team. Believe it or not, the Magic were one of the best teams in the league at protecting the ball. For the season, the Magic had a 13.3 turnover percentage, turnover rate. It's essentially the, the percentage of possessions that ended in a turnover for the Magic. After the All-Star break, they were fourth in the league with a 12.7 turnover rate. So, what I take this to mean is the Magic were really good at protecting the ball. They didn't throw the ball around the, as a lot of, especially considering how fast they were playing. A lot of teams that played at a faster pace turned the ball over a lot more. The Magic were not doing that. They were protecting the ball and, and valuing possession. Now, granted, they couldn't hit a shot or sometimes even get a good shot from those possessions. But it is a good sign that they're not turning the ball over. It is a good sign to say, okay, if the Magic can get some shooters, if they can create some good looks, the odds are this trend will continue and they will not turn the ball over as much. They'll be a team that protects the ball, and that's a hallmark of Frank Vogel teams. They'll be a team that protects the ball and gets them get themselves into the offense. Another positive sign for the team after the All-Star break and makes you believe that the Magic did find something even though the numbers may not suggest it on a global level, the, Magic, the Magic's free throw rate, which is the ratio of field goal attempts to free throw attempts, increased by, a couple, by about a percentage point after the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break, and this has been a problem for the Magic throughout the five years of the rebuild, they could not get to the foul line. They had a 24.2% free throw rate. 27th in the league. After the All-Star break, they were up to 25.4%. They took about a quarter... If you had 100 field goal attempts, you would take 25 free throw attempts. That's a pretty good number. Now, 17th in the league certainly could stand to improve. You see a lot of teams that are up at around 30. The best teams are up up near 30% 30 free throw rate. So, the Magic could still stand to improve at this, but... Playing a more open style got a team that naturally doesn't get to the foul line very often to the foul line a little bit more. So offensively, what do I take away from this? Offensively, I say 
the number one problem with the Magic is they didn't have shooting. And you don't need statistics to tell you that because you look at the floor and, and you saw what happened. The team's offense was inefficient because they couldn't get shots reliably. Even Terrence Ross, a player who was supposed to be a good shooter, came in after the All-Star break and struggled to shoot the ball. So the Magic's number one priority this summer, I think, is getting shooting. Whether it's through free agency, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through trade, they've got to value shooting. Because their offense has some signs that it can work. They, they've got, obviously, the players, I think, to play at a higher tempo. They'll be able to get a whole training camp in to drill this stuff in. And so I think that the Magic did find something at the end of the year. It's just a little hidden. And it's more than aesthetics. They can play this style because they protect the ball. But they've got to take it, they've got to find a way to generate more points. They've got to find a way to generate points efficiently. And so adding shooting to me is the number one priority and the number one thing I learned from looking at these statistics. On the defensive end, there are also some encouraging signs. There are also some discouraging signs, especially after the All-Star break. The biggest encouraging sign for the Magic is that the Magic held, were held to one of Frank Vogel's most basic tenets, and that is don't give up offensive rebounds. Most defensive coaches are very big into not giving up offensive rebounds, even to the point that they sacrifice fast breaks. However, and this is counterintuitive, even though the Magic were increasing the pace and trying to increase their fast break opportunities, the Magic were better protecting the basket, protecting the rebound, the glass, after the All-Star break. And they were good before the All-Star break too. Before the All-Star break, the Magic had a 22.9 offensive rebound rate. That's essentially saying 22.9% of rebound opportunities on the defensive defensive end the Magic gave up an offensive rebound. So you want this number to be low. A 22.9 offensive rebound rate. So opponents got an offensive rebound on 22.9% of their misses. That was 10th in the league. After the All-Star break, that number dropped to 22%. 6th in the league. So the Magic were still good at protecting the glass, holding teams to one shot. Essentially a a little bit less than a quarter of misses they were giving up on offensive rebound, which is a very good number. Where they struggled was the other areas. Magic didn't force a lot of turnovers, and that got worse after the All-Star break. 12.5% turnovers, opponent turnover rate after the All-Star break, 27th in the league. They gave up a lot of fouls after the All-Star break, especially two. Before the All-Star break, they're actually pretty good keeping opponents off the free throw line. 25.9% free throw rate, opponent free throw rate, was 10th in the league before the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, 27.2% opponent free throw rate, 18th in the league. So big drop off there. And of course, the shooting was a problem too. And that might also explain a little bit of the offensive rebound rate, but the shooting was was a problem. The Magic were giving up high-quality shots and not getting stops. They also weren't forcing turnovers, which for a fast-breaking team is something they have to do. And Vogel, I don't think Vogel is a coach that preaches going for risks and going for steals. He wants everyone to stay solid and stay in front of their man. So I don't think the Magic will ever get that turnover number particularly high. But that's something that the Magic have to improve on as well, especially if they want to get transition opportunities. Turnovers are the best way to do that. Just like the other end of the floor. 
the Magic do thing do some things defensively well. They rebound really well. They're a good rebounding team. But they got to find a way to keep their man in front of them and get stops. Don't let them get to the foul line. Don't give up easy shots. Again, it doesn't take math. It doesn't take these numbers to tell you that. The numbers reinforce what we've seen, what we've seen with our eyes. They, t- they, they really do. These numbers tell us the Magic were bad defensively. And you may not need those numbers to say that, but they back up that observation. The good news is also that Orlando did do some other things well. They were 13th in the league after the All-Star break with 44.6 points in the paint per game. Uh, Twenty, They were 21st for the entire season, so they improved on that after the All-Star break. Um, the Magic actually finished 9th in the league the entire season for four, with 14 fast break points per game. A lot of that came after the break. They were 7th with 16 fast break points per game after the All-Star break. So, again, the Magic did some good things. I... I, I I'm someone who is a little little bit not buying the hype that, that the Magic were a ton better after the All-Star break. I think the record speaks for itself. I think you can look at the offensive numbers and see there was some improvement, but defensively there was, a, there was enough slippage to, to kind of take all of that away. Um, I, I think that it's not as clear-cut an advantage as some people made it out to be. But there were definitely positive signs after the All-Star break that make you think, okay, if the Magic shore up these areas and and increase their talent level, get some internal improvement, and and make a roster that doesn't seem to get in each other's way because that was a huge theme throughout the season, was that it just felt like the Magic were constantly in their own way. If the Magic do all these things, then they have the opportunity to dramatically improve next season. And to me, that's the big takeaway from all this. The Magic did do some things well that should carry over. They protected the ball. That should carry over. They rebounded well. That should carry over. Those are Frank Vogel tenants. Those are, those are big Frank Vogel things. If the Magic improved their shooting, the offense should improve, and that should pull up the defense a little bit. And the Magic should be looking to invest again in better perimeter defenders and improving their perimeter defense. And that should help the team as well. As should a full training camp. As should a full summer knowing what Frank Vogel is expecting of them. All those things should help the Orlando Magic next season. There's no guarantee it's going to work immediately. The Magic aren't all of a sudden going to be a top 10 defense. Or maybe they could. It's Frank Vogel we're talking about. They're not going to all of a sudden be a top rated offense. They've, they've got a lot of pieces to move to get there. But they can be better. And that's all they need to be thinking about this summer. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. One player, though, who is not going to be part of the offensive revolution, um, or at least to some extent, is going to be Bismack Biombo. The Orlando Magic's big free agent signing this year was 
pretty unbelievably Bismack Miyambo. They signed him to a four-year, seventy-something uh, million dollar deal. He's getting paid about seventeen million dollars a year. He was the big free agent signing. The Magic were at his door at midnight on July first, way back in the summer, and he was the guy they wanted. And from the moment that news leaked out, and from the moment it was announced that the Magic were going to sign him, everyone kind of had a puzzled look on their face. Because the Magic had just acquired Serge Ibaka in a trade. And the, the, the assumption going around was that Ibaka would play center and Gordon would play the four. And, and even at one point, Ibaka asked Frank Vogel to try that and then just never did. And the Magic also already had Nikola Vucevic to play center. So now it just felt like the Magic had three centers. And Biombo was kind of the odd man out. Or someone was going to have to be the odd man out. And who knew who it was going to be? Biombo was also the most curious of these decisions. Because, essentially, he had been a career backup. And so to pay him that much money, to make that big of a long-term investment in him and not start him, felt strange. Because the Magic already seemed to have his position filled. And Biombo hadn't proven very much. There's always one player every playoff who is a free agent and has a crazy good performance and gets someone to sign him and then he falls back to earth. That was Bismack Biombo this year. Because, you know, you can talk about his statistical production and it certainly wasn't fantastic. But what Biombo is supposed to give you goes, is supposed to go a little bit beyond that. And he never even really challenged for that starting center spot. He never really approached the level that he was at last year. For the year, though, he did average 6 points per game and 7.0 rebounds per game in about 22.1 minutes per game. In about the same number of minutes last year, he scored a little bit more, rebounded a little bit less. 1.1 blocks per game this year to 1.6 blocks per game last year. I think he had his lowest block rate of his career at 4.1%. Still had 2.1 defensive win shares at 3.1 last year, so a little bit down there. A 2.0 defensive box plus minus compared to 2.3 defensive box plus minus last year. Essentially, Biombo did what he did last year off the bench for the Magic, maybe a little bit worse. And that's not what the Magic need, needed. And that's not necessarily what they were ready to, what they hoped to invest in. Like so many other players on the roster, some of it is not his fault. Biombo is a virtual neg is a virtual nothing on offense. In fact, he takes sometimes takes away from the offense. According to Basketball References uh, offensive box plus minus metric, he had a minus four point two offensive box plus minus. Essentially, he was the team was four point two points per one hundred possessions worse offensively than if they had an average player at his position. That's essentially what this stat is trying to say. He was bad on offense. 
He can't really shoot. Can't really post up. Struggles to catch the ball sometimes. It was hard to do much with him. And with so little space, with all the lack of, with the lack of shooting that the Magic had, teams were able to kind of hit him on a roll, keep the paint crowded, and make his catches even harder. And that's not the way for Bismack Biombo to succeed. He had his moments, just like everyone else did, where he blocked shots that only he can block. And that's what the Magic needed from him because they've been searching for rim protection forever. They thought they could get that with Serge Ibaka. They thought they could continue adding on to that with Bismack Biombo. And I, I even think part of the idea was, you know, we can start trying to shop Nikola Vucevic now. And if we find something we like, great, we'll go for it. If not, we have Biombo as our ace in the hole. And we can bring him off the bench and more depth is always good. And I still, you know, even when a new GM comes in, I still kind of think that's the plan. But the Magic need to put Biombo in a position to succeed. That means he needs shooting around him. He is most successful when there are shooters and attackers around him to take the pressure, take the defense off of him, to give him the space to make a cleaner catch, gather himself, and dunk. He is not a fluid offensive player at all. And the Magic never really gave him that. Yet, the expectation level was rightfully high for him because of the investment the team made. He's not supposed to be a player that just fits in. And he's supposed to be a much make be a player that makes a much bigger impact on the defensive end. And when you look at what Biombo did on the defensive end, it's not fantastic either. His pairing with Serge Ibaka proved to be a disaster, proved to be a disaster defensively. He did have a tendency to over-rotate and chase blocks rather than staying to his man. His inability to catch the ball made his rebounding a little bit harder, and he had one of his worst rebounding years, in addition to one of his worst blocking years of his career. 25.6% defensive rebound rate after 29.5% last year. 17.2% total rebound rate after 20.8% last year. 9.3% off offensive rebound rate after 11.7 last year. He just didn't do the things that he did last year. He didn't meet that level. He was maybe a notch below what he was last year. And Orlando signed him for what he did last year off the bench, but also for what he did in the playoffs. If you go back and look at his playoffs, 6.2 points per game, 9.4 rebounds per game at 25.3 minutes per game, uh, in the series against Miami, he was even better with Jonas Valanciunas out. I'm um, getting those stats right now for you. Hold on one second while I look that up. And last year's playoffs against Miami, he was even better, of course, with Jonas Valanciunas out, starting three games in that series. In that seven-game ser- seven game series, he averaged 6.7 points, 8.4 rebounds per game, in the games that he started. Hold on one second. Sorry, I am looking this up as I podcast. So in the game in the three games that he started, in the four games that he started to end that series, he averaged eleven points per game, twelve rebounds per game, two and a half blocks per game in thirty five point eight minutes per game. So they felt you give him the minutes, he's going to produce. That didn't happen. He didn't earn it. He didn't play that way. 
And so now the Magic are kind of stuck is in the right turn because I think he can turn it around. I think he can deliver and values changed completely. But for lack of a better term, the Magic are kind of stuck with him. They probably still feel like they have a starting center in Biombo, And they feel comfortable with him starting. So it does free up their ability to maybe shop Vucevic around or even shop Biombo around a little bit if, if he has more value. It does give them depth, which matters. That's a big resource that's sitting on the bench right now. And so the Magic will need Biombo to improve and get better and return to that level that he was at last year in Toronto if they want to have success. I've got a bit over my time today, a little bit longer than I wanted to go, uh, but that's okay. Uh, It is the end of the week. It is a happy Friday, and so let's do, for the final time this week, our hashtag one lottery per day. Uh, Coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com on Friday, so be sure to check this out. We'll have our first mock draft roundup. Uh, Earlier this week was was the entry deadline for early entry candidates, uh, they can still back out um, after the draft combine. But we'll take a swing around the different mock drafts around the web just to have an idea, just begin introducing some of the players that the Magic could pick. Uh, I'll be assuming that it goes chalk for now. Uh, uh, of course, you can send me your draft lotteries Do hashtag using hashtag one lottery per day. Just do one lottery per day, everyone. Send them, send them to me on Twitter at omagicdaily as well as at lockedonmagic. Let's simulate today's lottery as we are now 18 days away from the NBA draft lottery. And today, for the fourth time since we started doing this last Monday, the Los Angeles Lakers have won the NBA draft lottery. So they do, the Magic do not get the pick. That is, pulled a, that is now tied at 6-6. On the one on hashtag one lottery per day, but where did the magic end up? I'm curious to know what people think about this scenario. The Lakers get the first pick, but the magic get the second pick. Do you like that? Are you okay with that? Does that mean the magic get Markel Fultz? I'd, I'd do that. If that if that means the magic get Fultz, I would definitely do that. What do you think, Magic fans? Are you okay with the Lakers getting the first pick if the Magic get the second pick? If the Magic get the third pick? Are you okay with this scenario? Let us know. You can contact the show on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can also find me on Twitter at OmagicDaily as well as like OrlandoMagicDaily.com on Facebook at OrlandoMagic. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check us out at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, tune in all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, once again, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, both the NBA and the NFL side. I know there was an NFL draft thing yesterday, first round of the NFL draft on Thursday. Uh, so if you want to learn about your, your favorite NFL team and the players that they selected in the first round, be sure to check out your local Lockdown Podcast, I'm sure. Uh, Locked on Jaguars is going to have a lot about Leonard Fournette going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Locked on Bucks will have a lot about O.J. Howard and his selection to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Should be some fun times once the NFL season kicks up in August. That'll do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to the podcast this today, this week, whenever. Have a great weekend for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. I'll see you all again Monday on another episode of Locked on Magic. 
are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.